This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona. Mike is the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. For more information about MICA, call 602-956-5276 or visit www.mica-insurance.com. I am Dr. Karini Vinales, board member of the Maricopa County Medical Society and an associate program director for the Endocrinology Fellowship Program of the University of Arizona College of Medicine, Phoenix. Welcome to our Arizona Physician Podcast. If you told me that during a pandemic, one of the things people want to do is have plastic surgery, I would have thought, you know, you were incorrect. But when people can't travel, they can't do their vacations, they can work from home, a lot of them have been taking advantage of that and finally having the procedures done that they want. Hi, and welcome to the Arizona Physician Podcast. My name is John McElligot, your host for today's episode. And we're joined today by Dr. Deborah White, MD. She's a board-certified plastic surgeon who has been in private practice in Scottsdale since 1996. She specializes in cosmetic surgery of the face and body with a special interest in breast surgeries and surgeries after massive weight loss. She's wanted to be a plastic surgeon since grade school, feeling that her artistic abilities as well as her scientific and academic ones would be well utilized in this field. She was accepted to several Ivy League schools and chose Harvard, to obtain her undergraduate degree in biology. Then returning to Arizona, she attended medical school at the University of Arizona and subsequently did her general surgery training in Phoenix, as well as a plastic surgery fellowship. She then completed her plastic surgery residency at the University of New Mexico and followed this with a fellowship in breast surgery and aesthetic surgery with world-renowned surgeons, Dr. G. Patrick Maxwell and Dr. Jack Fisher. Dr. White, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> We will talk about your practice, um, which is uh, Deborah White, MD, plastic surgery. And within the context of what's happening now, we are still in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic and its impacts on private practices. So my first question for you relates to the closures of, of a lot of practices, especially the ones that um, have offered elective surgery. So Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona had a, an executive order which shut down elective surgeries, especially what was happening in hospitals so that there was greater capacity to care for COVID positive patients. When that happened, how did that process of elective surgeries being halted impact your patients and your practices bottom line? I'll see if I can try to be concise, but there was essentially kind of two time periods that we're talking about. The first shutdown was when COVID was brand new we didn't know anything. We were worried about running out of ventilators, running out of PPE. And so that halt stopped everything, including anything in people's offices. At that point, you know, we wanted to do everything we could to follow directions. And so we stopped doing any procedures or surgeries. And to protect the staff and the patients, we only saw people who'd already had surgery and we were doing the follow-ups or people that needed wound care or things like that. We didn't do anything elective, including Botox or filler or anything like that. So during that time, that's when the PPP loans were just invaluable because if we're not doing anything, there's no money coming in. And I really wanted to keep my, my staff because they're excellent. Then we went and started to set up to do virtual consults while we were shut down because we'd never had done that before. 
And as you know, any time you introduce technology, there's a lot of trial and error involved because you know we tried different services and different ways to make it so our staff could work from home. And the patients were really good about that because we had to tell them, we don't know when we're gonna get you in, but we will get you in in the order that we saw you as soon as we're allowed to. But we also made other caveats. We said, we're gonna start with young, healthy people having easy surgeries. Because again, we didn't know how COVID would affect uh, people having surgery. So we were gonna start back with older patients or people having long complicated surgeries in case COVID increased their risk of dying from a regular procedure. So that was one deal. But then in July, when we started to have another spike and the hospitals were worried about staff, they weren't so much worried about having to take people's um, ventilators from their offices and stuff. So the private ORs were still going. So we had to get privileges at all these private ORs. And it's very interesting. You, it's an exercise in flexibility, learning how to work at places that you've never been. They don't know you. They're stocked differently. And luckily, I have a pretty well-stocked OR here. It's just not certified. So anything these other places were missing, I could have my staff bring over. But it, it would happen just like Friday afternoon, I'd get a call, five o'clock, telling me that my, all three Monday cases have been canceled because they need the staff for the main hospital. So wow. we'd have to sit there all weekend calling places, calling patients, and uh, end up doing like one Monday night one Wednesday afternoon, one, you know, we just had to put them in whenever we could. So we really had to be flexible, but I have to say the patients were so good about that. I didn't have anyone get mad and they're, they're all like, they understood. And we had to make sure they were all COVID negative and uh, we followed all the protocols. So it was stressful for everybody. Yeah. Stressful, very complex, a lot of moving pieces. And it connects to another question about I wanted to ask you about whether you had to furlough or lay off any staff. It sounds like the PPP loan was a godsend and you were able to adjust, but what were the impacts on your medical staff and your office staff? Well, quite a few actually, because we have one of our staff, one of the critical people has uh, young twins. So she had to pull them out of daycare. Yeah. And then, so she had to use her in-laws to, and her husband they had to alternate and try and adjust their schedules so that she could at least be with us part-time. And that was really hard on everybody. And then we had one staff member who just the whole COVID thing really upset her and she was so anxious. She didn't feel like she could be here even with all the strict precautions we were taking. So, you know, we let her just, you know, resign So we did have some turnover with that, but we kept the same number of staffing. And it was interesting. Sometimes it was really easy to find people. You'd put an ad and you'd get hundreds. And then sometimes it was difficult, I think, because a lot of people were, well, they were afraid and they were getting enough on unemployment that they were going to ride it out. Of course, the whole point of giving people plenty of money on unemployment is so that they will stay home. It was effective at that. So we've had some turnover, but I think we're, we're back at full staff again. And they were really good about trying to be flexible too and 
do what we can from home. But you can't see patients from home very easily. <laughs> no, not on what you do. You talked about how you would increase the bar for protective measures. So let's talk about PPE. What types of PPE did you need and how did you get them? It is still really difficult. We can't get OR gowns. You can't get antiseptic wipes. I mean, we would even get stuff off Amazon ourselves or, you know, if you get to Costco, when they were letting the doctors and medical staff in first. Right. <laughs> like, quick, get <laughs> Scoop up whatever you can and go. Yeah. But I mean, still in the hospitals, like each, each week we have different like hats and different, a lot of them are cheap from China because they still haven't adjusted the supply chains. And that would be nice if we could make it so that everyone isn't bidding against each other. Uh, but just trying to get even sterile gloves, non-sterile gloves, it's still a yeah. challenge. Wow. <laughs> Months later, yeah. Folks, you've been listening to an episode of the Arizona Physician Podcast, and our guest today is Dr. Deborah White. When we come back, we'll talk about more about her patients and how they responded to the pandemic, to flu season and the pandemic recession, and, and dive into some more aspects of what's happening in her practice. We'll be right back. This podcast was sponsored by Mutual Insurance Company of Arizona, the select provider of medical professional liability coverage for the Maricopa County Medical Society. As a physician-led mutual, MICA has been Arizona's choice for medical professional liability insurance for nearly 45 years. We provide value to members with superior claims handling and exceptional risk management programs. Call us today for a quote or visit our website to learn more about MICA's premium coverage options and outstanding service. 602-956-5276 or www.mica-insurance.com. Bureau of Medical Economics has been servicing the account collection needs of the medical community since 1951, with nearly 70 years of experience in this industry and proven results. We proudly consider our clients, your practice, an invaluable business partner. There is no obligation and no upfront cost. Please give us a call at 602-252-3469 for more information. Dr. White, let's uh, talk about your patients a little bit. How have they responded to the pandemic, uh, to flu season, this combination of what's happening, the pandemic recession, and having disposable income for some of the elective procedures? Are, are they experiencing a lot of stress? Is that coming through in how they communicate with you? Can you tell us more? Well, when you first contacted me, I was thinking I'd be the last person you want to talk to in medicine because, I mean, who could have predicted any of 2020? But if you told me that during a pandemic, one of the things people want to do is have plastic surgery, I would have thought, you know, you were incorrect. But when people can't travel, they can't do their vacations, they can work from home. A lot of them have been taking advantage of that and finally having the procedures done that they want. Mm -hmm. One of the downsides, though, is that a lot of them have put on weight, which isn't ideal for what we do either, because we like you to be close to your ideal weight before we do any procedures. But, you know, it's just like uh, exercise equipment and renovating your home. I mean, that's just seems to, for some reason, one of the things that people have been doing during the pandemic. So which is, you know, really good for us. Companies like um, Home Depot and Lowe's and uh, home renovations, they've gone through the roof and, and people are looking at improving their own lives, their bodies, um, their living arrangements and where they are. So I, I can see how that's coming through. 
see, normally you can't get time off work to recover, right? But if you can work yeah. from home, and plus, if you're wearing a mask, no one can see. Right. <laughs> had, some, had some stuff done. So it's just like when I went to get a bicycle for my daughter, there was one bike left in the whole store. You're like, really? <laughs> yeah. Your team has needed to exercise a lot of caution to ensure a safe and cleanly medical suite and prevent transmission of anything between patients, between patients and between patients and your medical staff and office staff. So what have you heard from patients about the level of precautions that you've taken uh, whether it helps or hurts their confidence of going under the knife? You know, obviously this, you see this in the whole country, there's different levels of concern about the coronavirus. But I must say that, you know, we have a very strict mask policy and we're also trying to limit the number of people in the office. So they adapt. Some people really don't like not having someone there for their consult, but a lot of times they'll have them there with a FaceTime yeah. And so we're getting used to having a second person FaceTiming there with us because it is nice to have someone else listen. And we do let them have another person in there for pre-op to make sure they get their instructions. And also obviously they need to help post-op. I think that's the hardest for the patients is not being able to have someone else there. But um, everyone's been polite about wearing the mask, even the ones who I can tell they're not very excited about it. No one's given me a hard time, which is right. nice because I feel bad for these poor people work in stores just trying to enforce the policy and getting screamed at. But even, you know, among staff, especially when they're younger, you know what they're like, they're, <laughs> they're yeah. maybe not as careful. And getting them to all wear masks around each other has been more of a challenge, but they've gotten better. And I've tested them all a couple times, though the closest we've gotten to someone being around someone with COVID is one of our staff, her mother was positive. But so far we haven't had to quarantine anybody. And I keep pointing out to people who are less concerned about the virus. It's like, I don't think necessarily I'm going to die if I get the virus, but if I'm quarantined for two weeks, I can't work. I can't, right. I can't support these people. So- You're a key person to be there. Yeah, and I want I don't want them getting sick and getting their family sick either, even if they're not going to die. I have friends in medicine who have been very sick, not no one's, you know, like one maybe in the hospital, but seriously, no one wants to feel like death warmed over for a month. Right. And uh, I would like to avoid that if possible. I have a final question for you. And um, we're months into this pandemic with many more months to go, right? We don't, we don't have a vaccine that's ready to go right now. At the time of this recording, we're seeing some of the cases in Arizona nationally tick back up during flu season. But when you step back, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself and about practicing medicine during this pandemic? Well, I've been kind of half joking that uh, the, whole, the whole thing about flexibility, because after this many years in practice, you get fairly you set in your ways and you're used to doing things a certain way and uh, being forced to step out of your comfort zone is stressful, but I think it's good for you. And uh, when I, when I'm back at Piper, which is the hospital where I've been doing my surgeries forever, where they have everything I like, they would laugh because I'd come in and I'd be like, hello, nice OR table. <laughs> hello, my favorite instruments and <laughs> my favorite people. And it really makes you appreciate how nice it is to have all these 
usual stuff and not have to worry about having supplies or not having to worry about possibly packing up and going to another place and that sort of thing. So I think gratitude and flexibility are uh, things that I'm working on. So, Dr. Deborah White, thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing your story and what's been happening at your practice in plastic surgery. And we're really glad that you came on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Founded in 1892, Maricopa County Medical Society is a strong, collective physician voice. Thank you for listening to the Arizona Physician Podcast.